Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Badlands, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is part of the Chairshot Radio Network and also on eWrestling News. I am Mags, and uh, I'm flying solo again today. And, um, just for a bit of clarification, I'll be flying solo for the next few weeks, probably for the foreseeable future, to be fair, because uh, coronavirus has taken a victim in Mr. Tolly. Um, he's not ill with it. It's just with the lockdown and with uh, his uh, daughter having to be homeschooled and then him working from home. It's just the podcast is is the first thing that, that needs to go. Real life comes first always. So, yeah, uh, you'll be... You'll be hearing mad dulcet tones more than Paul's in the next few weeks. But, yeah, um, hopefully it'll calm down and we'll get back to some sort of normality very, very soon. Uh, so what that means is I have to have a guest who can uh, who know how to talk. And uh, I've got one such guest today, one one person who means means the world to me in terms of uh, podcasting. Uh, he was the guy that literally... Took a punt on me uh, as a fledgling podcaster, and uh, I haven't looked back. And it's all from this guy's support. Uh, I've got Chad from View from the Top Rope. Chad, how are you today? Oh man, as as every time we do a podcast with you, it was not that really big of a punt, man. We knew you were going to be great at it, so <laughs> it was really just the easiest choice ever. But I'm doing fantastic here, quarantined at the good old US of A. Yeah, oh, just it's getting worse. This co- co- uh, coronavirus, uh, but it gives us more quickly time to though, podcast. Sorry, quickly though. No offense to Paul or anything like that, but 
right now I am thanking God I don't have any kids. Like that is just no offense to anyone with kids, but it's it's peaceful in quarantine. If I had kids, I would have to be homeschooling them. And oh man, that sounds like hell. <laughs> I don't understand how they do math nowadays. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I was, I was talking with Paul uh, the other day and when, when I was saying, will he be able to, to record for, with this episode? And, and he was saying, no, he's got homeschooling. And then he had to, he had to go because he had a, a poetry lesson to do. And I thought, yeah, I'm glad my kids are old enough that I don't have to do that shit. Yeah, I'm just glad I don't have any right now. I'm, I'm going to wait until this all calms down. Then I'll have some <laughs> Yeah, 2021. Yeah, exactly. So, Chad, after a little bit of scrambling uh, last minute because uh, someone got the topics mixed up, um, that someone was me, by the way. Don't go blaming Chad. Um, your opener uh, is um, who are the, the Mount Rushmore of people uh, that we should be keeping an eye on for 2020 in terms of wrestling? Who are some of those breakout stars that are, that are coming up in the world? Oh, yeah. This is a, definitely a good little uh, Mount Rushmore to start the uh, groundbreaker with. Uh, you want to go back and forth? You want me to just do my four right away? No, just you do. I, I haven't got four. This is all oh, on yeah. you, sir. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot. This is all on me. I, I forgot. I haven't been on here for a while, man. It's not my year. brain. A year. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, all right, so my four, number one, I'm going to go with an AEW star who was like a bigger name, but I just never got to see him before AEW really started to happen, and that's Darby Allen. Wow. I Absolutely. I am in love with Darby Allen. I love everything about his gimmick. I love the face paint. He kind of reminds me of like a weird modern-day sting in a certain way. I don't know if anyone else gets that vibe, but I kind of get that weird like sting vibe, and you know how much I love stings, so... He is definitely one that I have to watch out for. Uh, number two, I guess I'm going to stick with AEW again because uh, she is an up-and-comer. And I actually saw her win the AAW uh, Women's World Championship in Chicago a uh, few months ago, clearly before the coronavirus. And that's Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. I love her gimmick, and she is fantastic in the ring. Uh, number three that I'm looking out for, and this is a guy who's actually a WWE star, and that is Umberto Carrillo. Because that guy is, even though he seems to kind of be quasi in the doghouse, back and forth, I think that he is a great baby face who could be kind of like the next Rey Mysterio, if you will. And that's not because he's just, you know, a Spanish-American star or anything like that. He's just a really great Lucha Libre. So, you know, I think he'd be a next Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And number four, I guess I got to go with one more woman because I like to go back and forth. Oh, man. Who, who's another one? I should really be looking forward. Man, see, you threw this one at me. So number four, I don't... Uh, it's She's not really up and coming. Not many people know about her, though, because she's a big UK star. Uh, and it's B Priestley. B Priestley is fantastic in the ring. And I remember back in her WCPW days, when I was watching that on YouTube, and she was just so young. And she just really didn't have it yet. And now she is a badass heel, and she is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the AEW women's division. Yeah, I watched her recently on the the No Fan Monday show that WrestleTalk put on, uh, and she was facing Will Ospreay, her uh, uh, boyfriend. Wow, what a performance. She's an absolute star. Um, I've quickly come up with a, a Mount Rushmore on the fly. Uh, first, I'm going to go with uh, someone who, who's is a big name to people like us who are... Uh, who watch a lot of indie wrestling, but to to like people who just watch like WWE or AEW, you might not have heard much about him. But it's Ilya Dragunov. I think. Ooh, uh, yeah. I think he's absolutely lit up 
uh, NXT UK, which has kind of been um, almost like there's a there's a, a ceiling that a lot of wrestlers can't get through with having Walter as the champion. Uh, and I think Dragunov is kind of going to be the person that breaks that ceiling down. Uh, next, I'm going to go with someone who's uh, who you've seen a lot recently on NXT, and uh, but he's actually come through the Evolve ranks. I'm going to go with Austin Theory. I think um, he has got a very, very bright future. Um, yeah, he's, he's just been really, really impressed. I haven't seen a lot of his stuff pre-NXT, but what I've seen on NXT is fitted right into that kind of uh, style of wrestling. Uh, next is, uh, and, and like Chad, I'm going for someone uh, uh, British. I'm going to go with someone who, who, who I thought would have a stellar year this year, but she's kind of faded out a little bit, uh, but she's still got the age on her side. It's Millie McKenzie. She had a... An amazing 2018, uh, and kind of like I said, she's dropped off, but she has been traveling the world and, and learning under a lot of people's uh, kind of uh, umbrellas. So, yeah, uh, I think 2020 might be the year we see a lot more of Millie McKenzie. Uh, and then the last one is one that I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people haven't heard of, but watching the guy is so so talented. There's a, a promotion out of a uh, out of New York called World of Unpredictable Wrestling, it's actually run by Hall of Famer Johnny Rods. Uh, and the guy's called John Boucher, uh, and he's been there, uh, US and light heavyweight champion for the best part of a year. But the guy is so, so talented in the ring. And yeah, I can see some big companies coming knocking uh, on his door in the near future. So yeah, there'll be, there'll be my four of people who, who, yeah, people should be keeping an eye out for. I've, I've never actually heard of the fourth guy at all. So I will definitely be looking him up. Millie McKenzie's a really interesting one because she was really like, like on fire for a second. She was everywhere. And then you're right. She just kind of petered out for a bit. So hopefully this will be her comeback year. Yeah. She if did we a... get any more wrestling in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she did a few tours of Japan. Uh, she did a couple of stints in uh, NXT UK. But I, I don't think it was kind of her scene. Uh, and then with the, the British scene kind of petering out a little bit. Yeah, she did disappear. But I think she's going to be back, in, back with a vengeance hopefully sometime this year. We can all hope so. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only five per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. So let's go into the main topic. It was going to be something else, but uh, I got my my topics mixed up and did research on this one rather than what it should have been. But I know uh, Chad's a professional and he could pull this out of the bag. Um, So we're going with the Mount Rushmore of video game series so that's that's um video games where there's been more than one uh game in in the in the in the, the group and basically what, what the kind of games that we we like to to play so chad what will be the first video game on your mount rushmore of video game series so i went back and forth on how i wanted to do this list about video games that are like the best franchise and everything like that and it really had to come down to, it came down to my preference just on what I can just play like mm-hmm. over 
and over and over again. That just brings me so much joy every time. So number one, I have to go with it. It's a little, it's kind of a stupid series, let's be honest. You don't need to keep buying it every year, but it's Madden. I have been playing Madden since, I mean, the late 90s when it first started. And I, it's just my comfort food, if you will. I can start up a game of Madden at any time and just kind of lose myself for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour in a game of Madden. Probably going to win. If not, I don't really care. But, you know, it's so much fun. And the franchise mode is addictive. Every year I always have a franchise that I end up playing that goes to, like, I think right now on Madden 2020, I have a franchise that's in 2039. Wow. And everyone who is in the NFL currently is basically retired. I mean, there's a couple guys who are rookies who are still around, but most of the guys are just all created superstars that the game imagined. So now it's all just on me. It's all the guys I've drafted and it's addictive. Like I'm trying to like up all these stats. I refuse to cheat on the game. You can just go in and like max everyone's stats if you want to, but I refuse to do that. I do it the old school way. I, you know, make sure my quarterback only throws less than 10 interceptions it's just addictive. So Madden will be my number one answer. Yeah, uh, great pick. I, I was tempted to put on a, a sports franchise one. Um, I was going to put FIFA on because obviously FIFA is kind of like the, the American version of, of Madden. Uh, but yeah, I, the one, the first one I went with uh, is probably, I'd say it's my favourite game franchise ever. Uh, and it's Streets of Rage. Um, oh. Yeah, it's a... a for people who don't know, Streets of Rage is kind of a, a series of side-scrolling beat-em-ups uh, where they're centred round uh, some heroes trying to rid a city of a, the rule of a, of a crime syndicate. Um, Does your that... girlfriend get kidnapped in the first one? Uh, in the first one, no. No, no one gets kidnapped in the first oh, okay. one. It's uh, three former police officers, uh, Blaze, Axel and uh, Adam. They're trying to break down Mr X, the... The, it, it brought in the concept of uh, having to like fight each other at the end to uh, to face off the, uh, against the boss. The the one where someone was kidnapped was the second one where um, Adam was kidnapped, and they brought in Skate, who was Adam's younger brother, and a character called Max. And again, they had to take go and take down Mister X. And then in the third one, they brought in uh, a guy called Doctor Zan. Who, uh, who, yeah, it kind of went a little bit off, off uh, jumping the shark territory. Um, but hey, Skate uh, was my favorite character. Uh, Skate was so much faster than everyone, and you could do that jump on everyone's head and just beat them down. Skate was the best. Yeah, uh, and they also kind of brought in this concept of being able to unlock characters. I think there was a character called Rue, where if you could uh, beat a guy up without attacking his pet kangaroo, you could unlock that kangaroo to play with. Um, yeah, it's, it's just. It's a kind of uh, side-scrolling beat-up that I can go and play at any time, and I absolutely I know I'm going to enjoy it. And the good thing is that we're getting a fourth one uh, this year, uh, 20 years after the last one was released, um, and we're going to get back the original characters of Adam, Axel, and Blaze, and we're going to get a couple of new characters, uh, and we're also going to get up to four players able to play uh, local play uh, local multiplayer. So, yeah, I think my, fa- my favourite... Um, uh, franchise and definitely has to be the first one on my list is Streets of Rage. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Back to you, Chad, for, for your second pick. For my second pick. Uh, this one, I 
I had two franchises in mind because I can't feature two zombie franchises on my list, obviously, because that's just too much. Though I love zombie games and everything like that, but I can't have two. So I'm going to give a quick honorable mention to the Dead Rising series, which is just absolute unbrutalized fun where you just get to kill zombies for hours on end. And I have done that, believe me. I've got the zombie genocide achievement on every one of the games, which is always like kill 70,000 zombies or 100,000 wow. zombies. And I've done it because I, I got the time and it's just fun. But the game I'm actually going to put on my list has to be, or franchise, I'm sorry, has to be the Resident Evil franchise, which is was my introduction really into the zombie survival horror video game series. And still to this day, my younger brother has one of our, his favorite memories is watching me and my buddy play the second game and getting so scared when the liquor jumped through the window, when you're getting the king chess piece in the witness or in the interview rooms, that he ran out of the room. It's one of his favorite memories. Brings it up all the time whenever we talk about Resident Evil. But I mean, the entire series is just from beginning to end, how it's evolved. Uh, I mean, the second one is my favorite from the originals. I beat it so many times. Hunk is one of my favorite characters. And then three's fun. Can't wait for the remake. But then Resident Evil 4 just completely reimagined the franchise in a way. I bought a GameCube just to play that game. Like, literally, I when it came out, I went to Best Buy, and I was like, screw it. I'm buying the GameCube. And I bought Resident Evil 4. And that was my plan for the next, you know, three weeks. And still to this day, I know where every single treasure and secret is on Resident Evil 4. Because I beat it on GameCube. I beat it on PlayStation 2. And then I downloaded it for my Xbox One, and I beat it on Xbox One. And I still just, I, I just love the entire series. Five is great. Don't want to talk about six. But then seven was amazing. And now the remakes are just so fantastic. Capcom gets what its fans want. And when they screw up with it, they fix it. Yeah. So Resident Evil has to be on the list. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, it was one of uh, my honorable mentions. Um, I, I've always loved the fact that they, they took the, the genre and then flipped it, like you said, with uh, Resident Evil 4 and, and kind of created that whole look. Um, it was action uh, survival yeah, horror. Yeah, and it was so unique at that time. There, there was not a lot of like over the shoulder kind of uh, third person looking games. And yeah, and it, it was amazing. They kind of went off for me on Resident Evil 5. I didn't quite like that as much. In Resident Evil 6, it was, yeah, that was very, very much a. A, a stinker, but that was a again, jump in the shark moment. Yeah, absolutely. But then again, they they changed the game with Resident Evil Seven, and that's absolutely amazing. And I love playing it on VR because you feel like you're in. You, that's you. You feel like that's you looking through that house and getting attacked by that that crazy, crazy family. And like I said, the remakes are wow. They're just amazing. That's how you do a proper remake. No, exactly. And it, and you can't even just call it a remake because it's. As someone who plays Resident Evil 2 enough times, I would have should be able to just run through the remake. Because if they just made a straight remake, you know, just remastered it. But no, they redesigned things, they changed it, they brought in things from... My favorite thing is that the entire beginning puzzle where you have to put all the things into the fountain to go in that secret room, that's actually from the Resident Evil, I want to say, Outbreak or Revelation series where they changed up the police station. And that's how they got out of this police station. And that's totally different from the original game. But it's just so much better. It feels just more right in some way. I don't really know how to explain that. 
Yeah, uh, great, great pick. Uh, let's go to my second pick. Um, I, I'm, I'm tempted to leave probably the best two for last, so I'm going to actually go with Uncharted. Uh, as as uh, as people who've listened to this podcast will know, I'm, I'm a massive Sony fan. I've never, ever owned an Xbox, and Uncharted obviously being a, a Sony exclusive uh developed through uh, Naughty Dog. Um, yeah, just absolutely amazing games. Uh, you follow this treasure hunter, Nathan Blake, uh, Nathan Drake, as he uh, kind of Nathan Blake would be a good name, though, too. Yeah, that would definitely be a good name, as he, he scours the world for these historically important artefacts. Uh, but it also kind of... He's finding out stuff about his own personal history, and we we find out that he was an orphan, and that he's actually a descendant of uh, Sir Francis Drake, and he kind of uh, attempts to trace uh, Francis's past around the world to find these amazing treasures. Um, what I, I really like about the game is uh, the 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 realistic graphics uh, and the fact that it's set in real world places. Uh, I think they've been in uh, Panama. We've uh, we've had times in the Amazon rainforest. Uh, we've on, we've been in China, Tibet, Istanbul. They've even dropped by London, Colombia, Paris, France, uh, and then obviously the the amazing desert scenes in um, in the uh, Uncharted Three. Uh, and then we've also meet is a cast of uh, friends in the show. Uh, in the game, sorry, uh, we have the lack of Sully, who is his best friend. Uh, we've got Elena and Chloe, uh, who is a kind of a, a sassy character. Uh, but yeah, the game's absolutely stunning graphics. Uh, really, really fun to speedrun as well. And a lot of these games uh, are picked because I do enjoy speedrunning. Uh, quite a glitchy game if you know what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, absolutely brilliant games. And now it's uh, been uh, adapted for an upcoming film, I believe, with uh, Tom Holland playing uh, young Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg playing uh, Victor Sullivan. So yeah, my second pick is uh, Uncharted. Isn't that the movie that's been delayed like 15 times now because yeah. like they hate the script every time and it's just yeah. not looking good? I think they've been making it since like 2012. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> probably but, Mark Wahlberg were probably going to be Drake and then he's aged that much they've just switched him off to Sully. All right, all right, you're the old guy now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Uncharted was always, I've you know been an Xbox guy and everything, but Uncharted was always the game that seemed to show just how great the PlayStation could be for its graphics. I mean, PlayStation 3, when the first Uncharted came out, it was like, whoa, that's a freaking movie. And then they, they just kept getting better and better. And I mean, Naughty Dog is just such a great, great studio that's produced so many great games that it's not shocking that you have Uncharted on your list. I mean, the... The, the train sequence in Uncharted 2 alone where, you, where you're climbing up the train that's gone off the cliff, just it's outstanding. And like I said, it's like watching or playing a movie. So, Chad, let's go to you for your third pick on your uh, list of the, the greatest game series. Well, as you said uh, that you were saving your best for the last two, I also saved my favourite two for the last two series. And I really went back and forth on which order I want to put this in because they really are like 1A and 1B for my favorite video game series of all time that I just constantly replay over and over. So I'm going to have to go with this one first and it is the Final Fantasy series mm. because I love RPGs. RPGs have always been my thing. I remember getting Final Fantasy 7 
and it wasn't right when it came out. It was only 20 bucks at Walmart. And I remember begging my mom to buy it for me and just being like, mom, I'll be cool. I'll do anything you ask. I clearly didn't because all I did is play the video game. But I said I would. And she bought me the game. And I remember reading that manual because after we got it from Walmart, we had to go shopping for like another hour and a half. And I just read that manual for the next hour and a half, cover to cover, back when video games had manuals. And Final Fantasy VII, one of my favorite games. And then the next year, Final Fantasy VIII came out. And I remember getting for Christmas. And did the same thing, except for that time, I read the manual for nine hours because we were at Christmas all day the next day. So I didn't get to play it for, you know, 24 hours after I got it. But then I played that game for two weeks straight till I beat it. And it was great. And since then, I've been a Final Fantasy addict. And I've replay- I played every one of the games except for 11 and 14 because those are online. I don't play those ones. And I've beat every single one of them. And I've replayed them all. I own the remastered versions. I can't wait for the remaster of Final Fantasy VII. I mean, basically, video games are just living up to my nostalgia right now. But yeah, <laughs> Final Fantasy is the one of the greatest video game series of all time. Constantly changing and evolving. Once again, it always makes itself relevant, no matter how it has to do it. Sometimes it's relevant by making itself nostalgic. Sometimes it's relevant by being futuristic. It's just a fantastic series. That was also named because a company was going to go under, and he thought it was going to be his last video game. And now we've had 15 Final Fantasies. Yeah, and uh, and many many more offshoots. Yeah, Final great. Fantasy Tactics, one of the best games ever. PS. Yeah, uh, great pick. Uh, I think Final Fantasy VII is a game that introduced ninety percent of the Western world to to Japanese RPGs, and they're the kind of games that make you want to go back and play the ones that you've missed. They were that good. Um, I was a bit. Um, a bit worried about the remake. Uh, obviously, so many rumours come out nowadays about games, and I heard that it was going to be episodic and that it was going to be on multiple discs, and then I downloaded the, the demo. Oh, my God. That game, it's like it's like heaven in a game. They've, they've really brought it up to uh, the 21st century graphics, but they've kept the essence of what Final Fantasy is and it was just stunning to play. And I've gone through that that first like, section where you, you face the Scorpion about a dozen times since. It's absolutely amazing. Nothing wrong with that. I've been replaying <laughs> the original Final Fantasy VII on my Xbox One just for fun. Yeah, just to Chocobo race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, man, getting a gold Chocobo as a kid was the greatest event of my life because that was the most impossible task I'd ever had set before me back in the day was trying to get these freaking gold and choke or the green and the blue chocobos then the mate to give me a black chocobo that took me not shitting you at least three weeks of just constantly trying over and over it was horrible so let's go for i am i like i said i've got two left and the two of not only my favorite franchise but two of probably the best gaming franchises um, ever. I'm going to go uh, in third place, though, with Grand Theft Auto, I think. Um, it's a game series that has not only uh, gone through generations of consoles, but also uh, gameplays and generations of graphic styles. We started with like a top-down kind of 2D universe, uh, and then it uh, it blew the world away with Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 and that kind of open uh, world 3D graphics that just 
was just amazing at the time. Then we had Varsita and San Andreas, which were kind of like pockets of a, of an era almost, with amazing soundtracks, quality over top gaming. And then the Rockstar being the, the team that they are, did it all again with Grand Theft Auto 4, really brought that, that HD universe in. Uh, we got massive metropolises to play in, uh, big storylines and expansive plots and some of the best-looking vehicles in car, in, um, in gaming history. And then we come up to t- today with Grand Theft Auto V, which is nearly 10 years old, nearly 10 years old, and it's still one of the most popular games on console, one of the most popular games on Steam. Uh, like I said, it's... Um, it's had amazing soundtracks. Uh, we've had some brilliant characters from the games. We've had Michael, Trevor and Franklin from GTA 5. We've had Nico and uh, Roman from GTA 4. We've had the, the Vance brothers from the Varsity games. Um, yeah, uh, since GTA 3, uh, ratings-wise, the, the series has got almost perfect ratings across the board ever since. And it's the most financially successful game in the history of, of gaming, and they've sold nearly 250 million copies worldwide. Uh, and like I said, GTA 5 now is still one of the most prof- profitable games uh, nearly a decade after it's been released. So, yeah, I think uh, I would be very rem- uh, remiss if I didn't put on uh, Grand Theft Auto on my list. So, yep, my third spot goes to Grand Theft Auto. See, Grand Theft Auto would be one on my list, except I, I mean, I love the games, don't get me wrong, but I haven't seriously played one since. I played the probably halfway through Grand Theft Auto 4, and then I just stopped playing them. And I don't really know why, I just kind of did. But I mean, Vice City and San Andreas are two of my favorite games. Uh, and I remember playing the original games on PlayStation and just driving around from that top-down camera and getting the flamethrower was the best weapon because it had, like, a 25-foot range on that game. <laughs> you could, like, toast an entire block at once and just spin around in a circle. But, yeah, I, I can't give you any credit for uh, picking the Grand Theft Auto series. And I think the only I think Tetris still beats it out for the most-selling video game of all time. But it's just weird because there's a lot of people who say they invented Tetris. Yeah, uh, that that is a that's a minefield to go in. Uh, I think for me, going back to the original Grand Theft Autos, I think the best part was running over a, a bunch of monks in a row and getting the garanga. Um, but yeah, Grand Theft Auto. I, whenever there's a new Grand Theft Auto game, it's almost like a a, a Hollywood event. So yeah, I, I couldn't not put it on my list. But let's go back to you, Chad, for your for your final pick. Nico, let's go bowling. <laughs> that was the most annoying. <laughs> That's why I quit playing Grand Theft Auto 4. I won't lie to you. I got so sick of him calling me all the time. Nico, let's go bowling. You could, I didn't want to go bowling. Him, you could let him get shot at the end of it. So Yeah, but then you had to just go pick him up. Well, at the very end, but during the game, if he got killed, you just had to go pick him up from the hospital. It was annoying as hell. I tried to kill him off, and then I'd have to go pick him up from the hospital. Okay, though, on, on to my final pick. And as I said, this is... I think the greatest video game series of all time, and also my favorite. I'm, I'm currently, once again, replaying through them because I don't care. I, I love them this much. I've played every single one of these games from beginning to finish at least probably 10 times, and it's the Metal Gear Solid franchise. And I could include the original Metal Gear games from the original Nintendo and Super Nintendo and all of that. I've played those as well. They don't hold the same place in my heart because while they're great, they're just 
their kind of backstory to it. And once you get to the Metal Gear Solid series, it's really where everything came together in Kojima's brain for this massive, intricate, confusing, weird, and insane plot that stretches over the course of, I think in game it's, you know, 10 to, 10 to 5 or 10 to 15 years, at least, if you don't count the original Big Boss series, like if you go back to MGS3. But from MGS1 to MGS5 or MGS4, it's like a 10 year span. And then you get MGS3 and MGS5 in there that also just tie everything together. And the plot points in this game will blow anyone's mind. It's, it's Hideo Kojima at his absolute greatest telling a story that you can't even imagine. You don't even understand the twists and turns half the time because you have to look it up. And that's not even talking about the actual espionage gameplay that just revolutionized everything. When the first Metal Gear Solid 1 came out on Sony PlayStation, the sneaking factor, the hiding under boxes, the climbing through the vents, the finding the guns, the trying not to kill people and not setting off the alarms and how amazing it was. And just, it got better and better and bigger and bigger and grander and crazier. And the characters, Fat Man, Vamp, Big Boss, Ocelot, Solid Snake, Liquid Snake, Liquid Revolver, the... The characters themselves are mind-boggling. It's it's better than any movie you could ever experience, and you kind of play through it. It's really, you know, it's a linear story. You don't have choices, but you still feel like you are the main person creating this crazy-ass storyline. And that's why it's the greatest franchise of all time. And it's it's hard to disagree with that, so much so that it was actually my first pick as well. Um, yeah, it's... I can't say it any better than than you. I think for me, um, as I've aged with this uh, with this series, I've kind of like understood the intricacies of, of Hideo's storylines, uh, and it's, it goes a lot with our uh, kind of Illuminati styles or New World Order with like groups like the the Philosophers, the Patriots, uh, and kind of like how he he wanted the character of Big Boss and Solid Snake to, to kind of break away from that and be free from that being controlled. Yeah, I absolutely love the series. Uh, and if you if you want to go chronicle, uh, chronologically throughout the times, uh, throughout the story, there's actually, even though there's been 22 full releases of the game, um, there's only nine what actually fit in. And like I said, the, from Metal Gear, uh, Solid to, to the... the the Guns of the Patriots number four. That's a, like a ten-year uh, span, but the actual storyline goes all the way back uh, to 1964, which is like a fifty-year span altogether. So yeah, it's really has spanned the generations. And fun fact: this was this series was the reason I got a PlayStation Portable. When uh, the PlayStation Portable was released. Um, I got one in Britain from Japan because we didn't get it for like about a year after it was actually released. And the only game I had to play for a full year was the was Metal Gear Acid, which is oh, the, Acid, nice. I wasn't sure. I was like, I was a Peace Walker or Acid. I couldn't remember which was the original on there. Yeah, it was Metal Gear Acid, then Metal Gear Acid Two, then we got Portable Ops, and then Peace Walker. Uh, yeah, I have played every single game in that in that franchise, apart from I think the 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 iOS version i think there's a game called metal gear solid touch or something like that i've never played that but yeah i love that and it's the kind of like like final fantasy you can go back and keep playing them again and again and again and kind of 
they're a different game because you can either go in and you can kill everybody you see or you can sneak and never get caught and you, you try and collect all the emblems. Yeah, I absolutely love that series. It's, it's, it's really hard for me to ever go on the killing spree, though. For some reason, I don't know why. If it's because it is just like supposed to be a stealth espionage game. <laughs> but no matter how hard I try, I could just really never bring myself to just go on that mass murder. I got to sneak. I got to sneak everywhere, hold people up, knock them unconscious. And once I get the M9 and just can trank people, it's over. The game's just done. Yeah. I think uh, for for Metal Gear Solid 4, I went through that game, it must be about 30 times to get all the emblems. And when it actually got released, I, I took a week off work because I wanted to play it uh, and watch all the cutscenes without skipping. And I actually played the first run in one sitting. No toilet breaks, no nothing. And yeah, that was brutal. But yeah, I love that series. And it was a it had to be number one. It's simple yeah. as that. Fun fact, so it's just said that uh when MGS two came out, I did not own a PlayStation two at that time yet. And I had to rent a PlayStation two from my local video store. And I rented a PlayStation two and Metal Gear Solid two. And at that time I'm going to rent it for two days. So I also played MGS two from start to finish without turning it off. I didn't have a memory card or anything either, so I couldn't save the game. And I just had to sit there and play the game. And I remember falling asleep during the end credits, and I actually missed the like after credit scene where they call in and you hear more information about everything because I fell asleep during that. So I didn't know about that scene for at least another six months till my buddy bought the game and played through it and then asked me about that. And I go, what the hell are you talking about? I didn't see that. But wow. just a fun fact for you. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so two amazing Matt Rushmore's then, two two quality uh, sets of game franchises. Uh, Chad has Madden, he has Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, and obviously Metal Gear Solid. And I have got Streets of Rage, Uncharted, GTA, and also Metal Gear Solid. Hey everyone, it's your girl, the Queen of NE, and I'm so excited to tell you about my show, Queen's Court. It's an awesome, fun, super interactive podcast led by yours truly, bringing you some awesome interviews, some great collabs, and just enjoying discussing our beloved sport of wrestling. You can find me on Twitter at the Queen of NE on Instagram at XTheQueenOfAnny, and of course my podcast, Queen's Court, on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are out. I encourage you to come take a listen to something new, something fresh, and something that you can only have when you hold court with the Queen. Um, right, Chad, what I would like from you now, and again, I'm going to be springing this on you, uh, because normally we have two uh, co-hosts, and uh, one has uh, suffered to coronavirus, the biggest heel in the world right now. Um, I'd like you to come up with a topic for a, a future guest. What would you like to hear a Mount Rushmore on? Hmm, that is fantastic. All right, a Mount Rushmore that I would love to hear about is the Mount Rushmore of 90s animated superhero TV shows because the 90s were the greatest time ever for animated superhero TV shows. And you just, I mean, if you look into it, there was so many. And I'm talking like Street Sharks. I want to hear someone put Street Sharks on their Mount Rushmore because if they don't, they're a fool. Because that was the shit. Instantly, I'm thinking 
Uh, How about... What is it? Was it called Swamp Thing? Swamp Thing, yes, there it was. Yep, Swamp there Thing go, back in yeah. the day. That was a good one. I mean, you have the entire Marvel. You have X-Men, you have uh, Spider-Man, you have... And I mean, I'm thinking like Darkwing Duck. Duck Day. There's so many like great things you go with. Darkwing yeah. Duck, I was just watching the other day on Disney+. Plus. So that's really what I was thinking about. That's a, a an interesting topic. Yeah, can't wait to, to research that one. Thank you very much. Uh, let all the Badlands listeners know, Chad, where they can uh, they can find you on social media, where they can find uh, View from the Top Rope, Visionaries Wrestling Network, all that stuff. Oh, man, I usually have Diesel do this stuff for me. Uh, on Twitter, though, I am at View from Top Rope. Uh, you can check out View from the Top Rope each and every Thursday on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. And then it's found on basically every major podcasting platform, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. I mean, just type in Visionaries Wrestling Network. You'll you'll find the podcast you want to listen to. Uh, it's a great stuff. Make sure you send in questions. Uh, if you want to, you know, hit us up on Twitter for the Visionaries Wrestling Network, that's at VizWrestleNet. I don't think I have anything else to promote right now. <laughs> Not got a new show uh, coming out very soon. I, I do have a new show coming out, but I haven't started that Twitter yet because I am, you know, I'm quarantined. So now I'm going to have the time, though. So don't worry. It's happening. It's definitely happening. Um, yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. You can follow my mysteriously missing co host, Paul at Raincounter. Follow the show at Badlands Pod. Get involved, guys. Uh, tell us your Mount Rushmore of uh, the best video game series in the world. Tell us your Mount Rushmore of, of the stars of wrestling who we should be keeping an eye out for. Uh, but remember, when you're you're formulating your Mount Rushmore, there's only one rule, and that is you should always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.